Louise Cooney's Open Book, a Go Loud original podcast. Hello and welcome back to Open Book. I'm Louise Cooney and every week I sit down with well-known personalities for honest conversations about life and the stories that shape it. My guest this week is Nathan Anthony, better known as Board of Lunch. I chat to him about overcoming imposter syndrome, balancing his corporate finance job with online fame and learning to be proud of himself. His story is as unbelievable as it is inspirational. It's a really heartwarming chat. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Please let me know what you think. (laughs) So this week we have Nathan Anthony, or Board of Lunch, as many of you might know him from Instagram. He is a Belfast home cook who, since setting up a lockdown food blog, has now gone on to become a cookbook author. Huge congrats, Nathan. That's so exciting. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me on your on your podcast, Louise. I'm I'm delighted to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I know by day you have a very different corporate job. You work in the Financial Times Stock Exchange, so it's very different from food. Yeah, completely different. Like it's a uh, it's day and night. It's like you know having a very corporate role and then working with food and writing a book in the evening. So it's a uh, it's such a such a twist. Like it must be nice to have that creative outlet and you know to totally have something that takes your mind off off of work yeah I think like you know most people when they cook in the kitchen like it's an outlet to kind of distract themselves from the crazy things that are going on in life and to try and you know chill out so it's definitely like my creative outlet um after after work or just having a really really crazy day um so yeah I I absolutely love it it's it's like having two jobs but um I I love being busy for anyone who doesn't follow you you mainly kind of focus on easy cook meals like slow cooker air fryer things that you know for a working person are doable and easy to follow and easy to get the ingredients which is what I love about your Instagram yeah like so I suppose when I first set up the account it was kind of like a lockdown lunch food blog and it was trying to make recipes for I suppose people that were maybe furloughed that were working from home or busy parents that had like all the kids running around the house and they just kind of wanted really simple easy meals so I started kind of like one pot wonders and slow cooker meals and um I would use a slow cooker anyway just because it helps me manage my day and obviously work on my day job and come back to a cooked meal so it's worked it's worked so well people seem to love kind of the the simplicity and how accessible the recipes are and how easy the ingredients are to get so I suppose when I'm thinking of recipes in my head I'm trying to make it really accessible for everybody that they don't have to go hunting high and low for really niche ingredients and like Asian supermarkets and delis. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably why it's worked so well. But yeah, I've had so much support from from everybody since I set it up, which has been obviously amazing. I think the lives we live now are just so busy. We want an easy alternative. So I think your your cookbook, Board of Lunch, the healthy slow cooker book, which is coming out in January, it's available to pre-order now. I think it's going to be what everybody wants. You know, we don't want to overcomplicate our lives. We want, you know, when we're pre-cooking and batch cooking, we want to make our lives easier and to make cooking kind of fun and, you know, more accessible for ourselves. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, like the whole book is about like one pot wonders and meal prep and helping people batch cook. But not only that, you know, I think at the moment, like there's such a cost of living crisis and things are getting so expensive. So one of the main things about the book is making the recipes really accessible and using ingredients that are kind of cost effective or where there's maybe a brand that, you know, have supermarket own brand alternatives to make it um, 
more cost effective for people that are obviously trying to feed a family and stuff. So um, that's what I've tried to go with with the book. And um, I'm so excited to, to launch the first one in January. Um, and the first one's obviously going to be the, the slow cooker book, which is which is amazing. No doubt it'll be a huge success since you've launched in 2020. And you have grown over 800,000 followers across your platforms. Is that right? Yeah, it's crazy when you say it out loud, though, isn't it? It's kind of like, <laughs> I feel like someone's winding me up. Um, and someone says, you have so so many followers on social media now. And it's got to the point now where friends are like, Nathan, can you believe that many people are actually following you? And I'm like, I actually can't, to be honest with you. It feels like it's a, it's a bit of a, a dream or someone's going to shake me and wake me up. So um, I feel very lucky, but I still can't believe it at, at the same time. Do you know what? There, I find your videos very relaxing to watch. It's like a guilty pleasure. I was doing my research before we chatted this week and I don't know whether people are looking for a local creamy lemon rigatoni, which I'm always looking for, a slow cooker, lint hot chocolate, a cream egg croissant or an amazing burrata salad. My personal favourite. You have got everyone covered. I know. Yeah. So saying that, we're going to jump into our questions. We've got some quick fire questions for you and then we're going to delve into the heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. So first up, what is your favourite genre of books? Um, mine would definitely be like fantasy, Louise. Like if you looked at my bookshelf, it would be like Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Like you would think the biggest geek lives in my house. Like people would look at them and say, there's no way that um, they're Nathan's books like I'm such a geek when it comes to things like that anything with like dragons or fantasy or like elves like um yeah it's a, it's it's just I love that genre like um it's just it's something I naturally will pick up if I was um in a bookstore when you're reading a book and this isn't about food do you savor or do you devour it I am um, I would probably devour it like if I get really get into it like I would binge like like just go through it as quickly as possible I think when you're that engrossed in a book you nearly start to visualize the surroundings and the characters and um you, you, you're completely submersed in the story and I would definitely be a, a, a I think it depends on the book you know if it's a bit of a slow burner you're like oh I'll savor that one I'll read a chapter every single night but if it's something that's really really like just grabbed your attention would definitely be devour and uh and just binge through the whole thing. <laughs> totally agree. The last one. Are you an open book or a closed book? Um, I'm an open book. Yeah, like um, I'm really, really transparent, I think, and um, wear my heart on my sleeve and stuff like that. So definitely an, an open book. Um, and I think probably having the job that I have as well, it, it, it's, it's probably kind of why I kind of work that way. I think you have to be really transparent in business and, and open and um, talk about how you feel and, and all those good things. So I would definitely be a, an open book. And I think when you're on social media, you have to try and build relationships and you've become kind of the man behind the cooking recipes. You're not just a page with recipes. You share, I suppose, a little bit about your life as well, which is lovely. Yeah. See, to be honest with that, though, it's not something that comes easy to me, you know, like putting myself in front of a camera and holding my phone up and speaking to a camera to then looking at your story and seeing how many people are watching it. Like, I've only been doing this now for, I suppose, what? just over two years and there's a lot of things that still don't come naturally to me and that like featuring me heavily it wouldn't wouldn't definitely be one of them I do feature as much as I can obviously but um yeah still 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 very new to it um but like sometimes you, you can be doing things on social media and featuring yourself and you might feel uncomfortable but I always say to the people on, on my team that I look after and, and work I'm like if you don't feel uncomfortable then you're not learning and you're not developing so I think sometimes you just really have to put yourself out there and 
make yourself feel uncomfortable and challenge yourself and, and learn new things. So like if you'd have handed me a phone two years, well, two and a half years ago to say, right, record a TikTok or do a reel, I'd have said, I have no clue. Like I ha- I don't know where to start. So um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's definitely been a, a, a huge learning curve for, for me. Yeah, that's so interesting. One of my first questions I had for you was what would people be surprised to find on your bookshelf? But I feel like in the first couple of seconds of us even talking, you told me you like fantasy, you work in corporate finance and you have a cooking blog. So I'm a little surprised cookbooks aren't on there. Are there cookbooks that you go oh, to? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yes, 100%. There's, there's lots of cookbooks. There's And a lot of Irish cooks as well. You know, there's obviously, you know, the likes of Donald Skihan and stuff. And I even have... Um, some vegan books from the happy pair nigella lawson's books jamie oliver's and um, some fantastic books as well and um, there is definitely a lot of cookbooks and um, don't get me wrong but i would say the bulk of the shelf would be taken up by by fantasy Um, bit of a geek that way but yeah <laughs> and when you're writing your book when you're looking at you know your recipes and where you get i suppose the inspiration for the method, the the types of things that you're doing. Is there somebody that has inspired you, so a celebrity or someone you knew growing up? I think normally like the type of, I suppose, cookbook that I would kind of gravitate, gravitate towards would be the likes of, you know, Ina Garten or Stanley Tookie and Nigella Lawson and uh, Martha Stewart and Julia Child. Kind of like I would gravitate towards more of a home cook than a chef. And um, I think, you know, when you're reading a book, particularly a cookbook and it's someone that hasn't come from being a chef I think it just makes it more relatable and more accessible and if if these guys can you know come from say a different background and move into the cookery world like like I can go and make this so um that's probably the authors that I would tend to go for in terms of like um cookbooks and you know getting inspiration and I think as well now you know there's a lot of authors, you know, you, you can get inspiration from their, even their social media and stuff as well. Like social media has evolved and, you know, people read ebooks as well. And there's so much more online. Um, but those are some of the, I suppose, the hard copy books that I would um, get a bit of inspiration from. I think it's a blend of social media and books combined together to, to give you that inspo. What yeah. is your first memory of books? Um, my first memory from books would be, um, and I think... I think most people would 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 have this. It would have to be Roald Dahl, like James and the Giant Peach, Matilda, The Witches, The Twits, like all those kind of books. Like it would def- James and the Giant Peach would probably be my first memory of a book. Um, but then I suppose kind of the, the books that would follow off that would be for it would be more Roald Dahl books, like The Witches and um, Matilda. Like I, I would have binged my way through them all. And were you always as good at cooking as creative with your recipes? So this one probably surprised you, Louise. I never started cooking until I went to university and um, like never like made any, like cooked a single thing. So my, in our house, it was all boys. My mum was the only girl and I was like, oh, can I cook dinner? And my mum would have said, Nathan, no, you'll burn the house down or you'll either poison us. <laughs> so um, you're not cooking. Um, but we, I have some fantastic home cooks in the family. Like um, there's chefs in the family and there's... Um, some like even my auntie and my granny would make their own breads their own pastries their own butters their own jams and I always would have watched them and helped them but I would never have made my own meals so 
when I went to university, it was just like hell for leather. I was like, let me into this kitchen. I was like, I have never had a kitchen to my own. <laughs> um, and my housemates were like, you ha- you're, you're, you're crazy. Like you're like, you're literally cooking. Like I would have whipped up the most craziest things like after a night out. And people was like, why are you making this food? And I was like, cause I've never had a chance to before. And then when I graduated and then obviously, you know, got my own place, I started to cook for myself properly and um, cook in a way that suited my job as a graduate, you know, work on a really busy schedule and sometimes traveling and stuff as well I've had a lot of opportunities to travel and um I think that again is where I would get I suppose going back to the last question that's where again where I would get an awful lot of of inspiration for recipes that's traveling and seeing other countries and other cultures and backgrounds but yes I haven't been cooking that long Louise so that's probably why it's still very average and it's still very accessible but people people love it and people can always relate to average cooking whereas if I put up a pasta or like a pasta recipe where I'm making the pasta from scratch I'm just not sure it would do as well on on social media because not everybody wants to make their own pasta so but yeah I definitely have learned an awful lot since I since I started cooking like yeah it sounds like a lovely idea but at the end of the day if you've been working all day you just want a quick fix you want something tasty you want something easy and you want something that's affordable and realistic to make definitely 100 percent. one pot wonders are all the rage at the moment louise i will convert you we do say you're going to start making all my recipes after this podcast you're like oh i've made, I've made this one nathan what do you say i know oh, I, I already have i'm a big fan of slow cooker <laughs> and yeah I, i'm literally doing the research i've added like 10 15 new recipes to my saved folder so yeah i'm gonna go back to those but in the story of your life, what has been the biggest plot twist, do you think? I think that probably um, doing a degree and then doing a master's and having a very corporate job um, and a completely different angle from food, like having this lockdown food blog that has completely taken off and has allowed me to be a food author, which is actually really weird. Like even now that I people say and I, and I know I said this at the start people are like can you believe that like after two years and like after the pandemic that you're actually writing books like food books can you can you believe that so that would definitely be the biggest plot twist and it's funny because we had a meeting this morning in, in work and um our, our HR senior manager was over and and um, we'd done a bit of a round table she was quite new to the business and our director said well we go around the table tell um, Ruth a bit about yourself and an interesting fact and I would never, I get, I'd be a wee bit scundered about it. I try and keep it very separate. And I was like, oh, my name's Nathan and introduce my role and what I do. And then I said, oh, an interesting fact about me is I'd done a master's whilst um, I was working um, at the company. And the director's like, are you for real? Are you actually serious? That's what you're saying? Like, why are you not telling us, everybody in this room, that you're you're doing these books now and that you have a, a book on Amazon and all this? So, um. I definitely think that would be the biggest plot twist like to come from a corporate job and, and then to be a food author and it's so it's so it's it's strange but like do you know what opposites attract that's what I always say and, and it just works really well. I love how humble you are about it all and how hard you work at it but you're still you know you, you're still working full-time is this ever something you'd want to do you know to make it your full-time job? Like I, I could that's the thing so I think it's got to the point now where I could but I'm a real I suppose I went to university and I spent an awful lot of time at university and I'd done my degree and my postgraduate and I have a really good job and I worked really, really hard to, to get where I have in, in the company that I'm at. So um, I, do, I don't see myself doing it, leaving in the short term, but you never say never. Um, I'm a real like team player. Like I need like colleagues and peers around me and I thrive on results. And 
I'm just not, I'm not sure if I'd done this full time, it would give me the kind of the same, um, it's hard to know because it is hard to juggle both ways. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it is, it can be a real, a real challenge to have, you know, a nine to five job and then in the evenings be writing a, um, a cookbook. So it's definitely a juggling act and spinning plates. But I suppose for now, I'm really happy juggling um, both. And I think as well, the fact that I have a normal job, it, it, again, there's more appeal with the book because people can say, well, that's someone who's re- read a book and they don't come from a food background and they actually still have a job. So I think it makes it a bit more relatable as well. And um, yeah, but I would never say, I would never say never. You just don't, you just don't know where life would take you. Like you just have to take opportunities as they come and um, go for it. But for now, I'm going to try and spin all the plates and, and just keep on going. I can totally understand where you're coming from. I had a full-time job when I started. Um, definitely wasn't as successful as you, don't get me wrong, but I know what it's like to to make, have those choices and you know I ne- didn't necessarily ever want to work by myself and I do find that hard I still do mm-hmm. and I think when you have a full-time job as well it, it allows you to be very true to your purpose of what you're what you set out to do you know um you're not depending on it for to pay your bills you know so mm-hmm. it's it's still a hobby you know yeah. to a certain extent as much as you can kind of work as much as you want to work Mm-hmm. exactly it, it, it's a hobby that I really really enjoy and it's given me great opportunities so you know it may come a point where I might want to do like a, a sabbatical for a year or two and say you know what I'm going to take all these opportunities and see where things go in the next year or two but um yeah it's 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 definitely it is it is tough to do both but as you said you know sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith and some people have done it and it's went phenomenally well for them like yourself and um, you, you can't say no to these opportunities, but it, can, it definitely can be be, be a, a huge undertaking to try and do both. Um, so you just have to make sure that you take the time for yourself and try and you know, allocate yourself two or three hours at night or at the weekend just saying, I am not doing any food this weekend as much as I'd love to. I need a kind of a bit of a break. So, um, but yeah. So what do you do to switch off? Oh, food. I know. How sad is that? Um, definitely like you know cooking a bit of pasta with a nice glass of wine would be um, what I would do to switch off um, I find reading cookbooks really therapeutic um, like just literally like looking at pictures of food in a book and like looking at like you know recipes like it's just so relaxing obviously it helps if you're having a nice glass of wine or something as well Louise if you're sitting there but <laughs> that would be be my um, go-to what's the last book you read the last book I read, and this will surprise you, right? Because it's not something that I you would you would expect to see on my shelf, right? It's not fantasy and it's not a cookbook. Um it was a girl, and it's probably not the best thing to read. Um it was a girl um from Northern Ireland um who spent time in a Peruvian jail um for oh, drug yes. smuggling. I think um I think it's called um You Will Never See Daylight Again. Um and you know a a very inspiring individual, you know, made some poor choices in life. But since then, you know, spent time in, in, in the Peruvian justice system and educated herself. And, you know, she talks about her experience of that. And it was really, really traumatic what, what she had to go through. And she's obviously gr- grown up now and she's um, got a family and stuff. And it's it's an inspiring journey to hear of someone that's maybe made a slightly wrong decision and, and has paid the price for it. But um, it was a really good insight to like not that I ever intend on spending time in prison anywhere, but what it was like to spend time in, in a prison in, in that part of the world was just was just mind blowing. And you feel so 
attached to the characters when they're when they're telling you you know obviously this is a real person that's not a character but when you hear some of the things that they went through it's like you feel so kind of you want to defend them and 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 you know um wrap your arms around them but it was it's definitely a really eye-opening book and i think the individual who wrote the book has come on such a huge journey and um yeah and, and you can learn from your mistakes and it's it's again a really good example of someone who's who's made a mistake and has 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 learned their lesson and paid the price and and gone on to to change their life so i really enjoyed the book yeah i remember there was quite a bit of controversy about that book when it first came out but i suppose as well reading something like that it is total escapism it is reading about something that you'd hopefully nobody would ever experience you know and that's what i love about books um you know i just think it helps educate you it helps give you a lot of empathy towards what Mm -hmm. people could be going through whether you know about it or not Mm -hmm. if you could take a leaf out of somebody else's book whose would it be there's a really inspiring girl and i've always been just so fascinated by her and you call her malala yusufasi so this is uh an incredible lady from pakistan who is a real champion and activist for women's rights and um, women having access to an education. Um, and <clears throat> she's actually now a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Um, but she was actually shot by the Taliban on a bus going to school. Um, not she, I, can't, I, know, I don't know if you remember this. It was in the news years ago, um, maybe about five years ago. And she was actually shot in the face. And, you know, she people didn't know if she would survive. And um, she obviously did. But since then, she's gone on to really, like, champion you know all those women's rights which rightly so everyone should have access to that on equality and she's just such an inspiring individual but not only that she after it she publicly forgave the people that that, that, that shot her um, and met them and you know made a statement and said you know she forgives the people that that done that to her and I just I'm in awe of that like how someone could forgive something like I'm such a stubborn person like if someone done something wrong to me I would I would really struggle to get over it I'm like if someone at my lunch um I would just like I can't believe you done that um and this girl has been through such an experience and um you know she was obviously shot by someone and she's when I forgive them and I just think to to be able to get over that and not to hold that grudge and not to be stubborn is just an incredibly inspiring individual and the fact that she's really championing women's education and, and women's rights and um in, in that part of the world is, is is just so inspiring yeah that would be a good book to read but i love how you brought it back to lunch there you clearly feel very passionately passionately <laughs> about women. <I> know. <laughs> yeah but what, what have you closed the book on what have i closed the book on that's a really good question i think um a bit of self-doubt and imposter syndrome is post since I've come into this um, world of social media and, you know, um, writing a food book and, you know, posting recipes and stuff as well. And for a long time, you know, having that imposter syndrome and, you know, worrying what other chefs and people that come from that food background would would think of me, um, like, worry, like, I would have worried, you know, others, you know, there's a really popular chefs follow me you know that they're watching my videos and they see my story and they're probably rolling their eyes and cringing saying he's not a chef why is he why is he why is he cooking that way why is he doing this mm-hmm. um but now i've got to the stage where do you know what i've put in the hard work and i've put in the graft and i may i not, might not be the world's most talented chef and i'm your average home cook but people are really enjoying it and publishers are enjoying it and i've been able to get the opportunity to do a book and stuff as well so i think having that self-doubt and getting out of that box of, you know, imposter syndrome. And I've had that for such a long time. 
Um, you know, even after I signed the book deal with um, with Penguin, I was like, is this actually, is this a wind up or is this a bit of a joke or are they going to turn around in a month in time and say, Nathan, actually we've changed our mind. So I think, you know, that's definitely something that I've closed the book on and just having your own self-confidence and your own kind of just give yourself just a bit of kudos and say, do you know what, this is something that I don't do day to day and um, I'm going to challenge myself and doing a, a really good job at it. So um, take yourself outside your comfort zone. And I suppose we always say this, try not to to worry too much about what other people think when, when you're doing it. And I do, like, and I still do sometimes that wee devil sits on my shoulder and creeps back in, oh, look at all the chefs that follow you. And they're probably going to say he really hasn't an ounce of clue about food at all. And I just kind of broke free from that and just said, you know what, <laughs> I don't care anymore. Um, I'm, I'm kind of doing my own thing and, and going my own route. So that would definitely be something I've closed the book on. A bit of self-doubt and a bit of imposter syndrome. As an outsider looking in, I I find that like so not hard to believe, but I just I wish you didn't think that way because I'm sure these chefs are looking at you and seeing how your recipes are resonating with people and how you're speaking to this huge audience. And there is a reason that you've taken off in the way that you have, because it's it's how people live, it's how people cook, mm-hmm. it's how people prepare their food. And I'm sure they're probably you know, admiring you and trying to take tips from you. you know, that's- <laughs> I, d- I definitely do. I, d- I don't know about that. Um, one Pot Wonders and all, but Jamie Oliver actually is bringing out a One Pot Wonder book. So I don't know. You never know. I could have inspired that. He may have seen my videos <laughs> and said, you know what? There's this guy from Belfast, Northern Ireland, who has doing, done this slow cooker book. So I think I'm going to do a One Pot Wonder one. Um, so <laughs> you never, you just never know. <laughs> what has helped you get over the self-doubt and imposter syndrome? I think when I announced the book um, and I put it on my social media, it instantly went to number one in Amazon's um, new books. And I was like, people actually do want, like they, they want Board of Lunch as a book. They, they, they actually believe in the recipes that I'm posting. And not even just in terms of buying the book and seeing that it went really well in pre-orders and, and people are, are really, really keen to get their hands on it. Even when I see people like tag me and recreate stuff that I've put up, that is something in itself that just says, you know what, if other people are making the food and the recipes that I post, then it's really resonating with them, with them. And not even that there, it's, it's just from different parts of the world. Like people have pre-ordered the book from Canada, from America, just from so many different places. And yeah, I think that's definitely something that has helped, you know, breaking free. You know, I was very nervous. And even in the run up until the announcement, Louise, I was like, what if I announce this and no, not one person buys this book? Wouldn't I, can you imagine having to say to your publisher or them saying, Nathan, nobody orders your book. I'm really sorry. We're not going to do a second one. Um, and then seeing that so many people, thousands went out and, and pre-ordered just in one day. And even the publisher was like, not as like, we are actually beyond ecstatic here. That is so good. And then it was like, do you know what? I was so I was just like so delighted. I was like, you know what, these people really believe in me. So I need to start believing in myself and have a bit of confidence in what I'm doing and kind of break free from that that imposter syndrome and and, and kind of worrying too much. And I think that's definitely probably one thing that that helped me. So I'm sure that will speak to some people and hopefully it will encourage and motivate people to, you know, step outside their comfort zone and go after one of their dreams and be a little bit less scared and concerned about what people are gonna say about it. Yeah. Like so there's just something for everybody out there and Try not to think what other people will, will will think if you set up a new account or if you set up a new channel and you want to, like even yourself, you know, doing like this book podcast and stuff as well. Like I'm sure that took an awful lot for you to do and just say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm really passionate about this and, I, and I'm going to do it. So 
I always say to people, just just go for it and take every single opportunity that, that comes through your door and you just never know where, where things could go. Absolutely. You write, you, you'll, end up, you'll have a book series yourself. You'll end up start writing, writing a whole series of books yourself someday. What do you say? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I'll never say never like you if the opportunity <laughs> came knocking. What is your next chapter, Nathan? I think the next chapter for me is definitely the, obviously it's going to be the books and um, the first book obviously comes out in, in January and I suppose in the run up to that, like the publishers talking about, you know, all the promotional stuff behind it and TV and radio. And again, like I'm starting to kind of go to that place. I'm, I've never done this before, but I'm just going to have to. And I think I mentioned this at the start, Louise, where I always say to my team, unless you feel uncomfortable, you're not learning anything. So you're just, if you're just plying on, you're just coasting, you're not actually learning anything new. So I suppose going ahead, like I'll be doing things that I would never, ever have imagined doing before. Like even this podcast, if someone had said two years ago, you, you'll be on with Louise recording a podcast about a cookbook that you're bringing out and all these other books, I would have just said, are you, uh, you're, ca- you're winding me up. So um, yeah, like you just, you just, you just never know where, where, where things can go. So definitely the next chapter will be getting the first book out there and, you know, um, trying to promote it as much as possible. And, um, and then obviously writing the second book. So really, really exciting times. And yeah, I cannot wait for people to see the inside of um, the Board Lunch Slow Cooker book. It's just the pictures are phenomenal. Like they're so colorful. The backdrops are beautiful. The props are stunning. Like there was a big team. It's all calorie counted. Like I, I got um, a copy of it last night, like just the first digital copy before it goes to print in September. And I was just I was so proud of myself. I sat on the sofa and I was literally scrolling it and my other half was sitting beside me. I was like, man, that looks phenomenal. Like that is such a beautiful book. And I was just, it was kind of one of those moments you're saying, you know what, I'm actually really proud of what I've been able to do. And I think sometimes as human beings, we don't like to give ourselves kudos and we don't like to say, you know what, you should be really proud of yourself. And that was something that, that um, I suppose I had last night. It was, it was kind of all biz with with um, with that. So I cannot wait to bring it out. So my next chapter, Louise, 100% will be focusing on, on my book and, and trying to see um, how the recipes go and, and, and watching people recreate them on, on social media. Well, I'm so excited for you and you should be so proud of yourself. That's huge. And you obviously are such a hard worker. So I wish you the best luck in the world. I can't wait to get my hands on the book. And I hope everybody listening gets to pre-order it now as well, because it sounds like we're going to be running low on books when they do come out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, thank you for having me on. And um, I love books. And I think this is a fantastic podcast to have that community of people that want to read books and talk about books. So I am delighted that you've had me here today. And it's been it's been so nice chatting to you. Yeah, thanks for giving up your time and for all your recommendations and Hopefully we'll be chatting to you when the next book comes out as well. Definitely. I'll come on again. (laughs) No problem. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of Open Book. Nathan's first book, Board of Lunch, the healthy slow cooker book, is available to pre-order now and it will be released in January. As always, the books we discussed and recommended can be found in the podcast description. Don't forget to rate, share and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find me on Instagram at louisecooney underscore. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, messages, feedback, don't be afraid to email it in at openbook at goloudnow.com. Talk to you next week.